0: Well hello there and welcome back to the Thai expat daily show. Today is Saturday the 19th of March 2022 and we'd just like to thank everybody once again for tuning into the show and supporting us as always. Now as we said in the intro of the show please do like this video and if you can share it as well that would be greatly appreciated. It helps us uh, reach out to more people and it helps to further improve and push the channel forward and that's the main thing we want to do. Now also just to remember and if you do wish to support the show if you find some value to it you may buy us a coffee if that's something you wish to do there is a link down below in the description. And now what we're going to do is move on to the first story of the day because we have plenty to talk about today. More subsidies coming as oil crisis hits poor. The government plans to roll out measures, including additional subsidies on liquefied petroleum gas and natural gas for vehicles, to help alleviate the impact of soaring energy prices on low income earners. Prime Minister Pryor Chanacha on Wednesday ordered responsible agencies, including the Energy and Finance Ministries, to help out new measures to ease the hardship caused by surging oil prices. The Ukraine Russia conflict is likely to be prolonged for at least another three months, he said. The government needs to prepare many measures to handle the impact. According to General Pryor, energy price subsidies may not be enough as the government needs to implement other measures because the inflation rate is likely to increase further driven by a sharp rise in global energy prices. The government may need to offer more subsidies to specific groups of LPG and NGV users on top of existing subsidies offered to maintain the retail prices of diesel at 30 baht per litre. he said. Now, According to the Energy Ministry, report to the cabinet on Tuesday, the state oil fund paid an average of 7.25 to 7.6 billion baht per month in subsidies to maintain the retail price of diesel at 30 baht per litre from January to February, which is considered relatively high. As a result, the fund is 29.3 billion baht in the red as of March 13th. A source from Government House, who requested anonymity, said the government may take an additional monthly payment of 100 baht per person for three months to welfare cardholders. LPG prices are now fixed at 318 baht per 15 kilogram gas cylinder as part of the Government's Energy Subsidy Programme, which are scheduled to finish at the end of this month. Domestic retail LPG prices are expected to sharply increase to 333 baht per 15 kilogram gas cylinder from early April once the subsidy scheme expires. The source said the government also plans to offer other subsidies on LPG costs to small food and beverage shops that participate in the government's Conlachrong co payment subsidy scheme. Other measures are expected to include government subsidies on electricity bills and benzene for motorcycles. The source said the government will also ask for cooperation from NGV traders to help maintain NGV prices during the energy crisis. In a related development, General Pride on Wednesday ordered the Labour Ministry to seek measures to reduce the impact on employers and employees affected by high energy prices. The Commerce Ministry, Agriculture and Cooperatives Ministry and the National Economic and Social Development Council are required to study and offer solutions to offset rising prices for animal feed, meal and fertilisers. The government has discussed the measures since last week and a conclusion is likely to be submitted and considered by the cabinet soon, the Premier said and moving along, smaller pro-government parties told no house dissolution if they cooperate. Prime Minister Prayuth Cha told leaders of the governing coalition and smaller pro-government parties that there would be no reason for him to dissolve the house if all cooperate with each other and support the government. The insurance was offered during an informal dinner meeting last night. One of the leaders of a smaller party, Ravi Machamadal, said that he believes after the meeting that the government will be more stable and any elements seeking to topple the government will be disappointed. He claimed that there was no demands for cabinet seats from smaller parties during the get-together, adding that the leaders of the small parties who earlier dined with Tamanat Prompau, former Secretary-General of the Palang Pracharat Party, were also present last night. Tamanat was sacked as a cabinet member in September 2021 and subsequently from the party in January this year following a fallout with the Prime Minister and the other key PPRP members. While at the party, he helped mediate any tensions or problems the smaller parties may have had. He also helped PPRP candidates to win by elections. It is expected that Labour Minister Suchar Chumkin may take over the job of liaising between smaller parties and the PPRP. Ravi also said that the relationship between the smaller parties and the Prime Minister will improve if they have more opportunities to meet with him. The Prime Minister suggested that those at the meeting take a look at the government's performance over the past several years and assess whether it has made progress or not. Meanwhile another smaller party leader, Chateval Kong Udam, said the Prime Minister told those gathered that he is very tired, has no free time to travel and does not want to die while clinging to the Premiership. There was a jovial atmosphere during the meeting, which lasted about one and a half hours. All the participants were seated at two rows of tables facing each other, in what the Prime Minister described as an indication that they are all equal, despite the size of the party they represent, because all of them were elected by the people. And next up, cheap accommodation on Samui arranged for stranded Russian-Ukrainian tourists. Low-cost accommodation on Samui Island has been arranged for the many Russian and Ukrainian tourists stranded in Thailand due to the war in Ukraine. Up to 30 rooms at a hotel in Choweng Beach have been made available by the International School of Tourism at Suratani Ratchabat University to accommodate these stranded tourists at about 4,000 baht a month to ease their hardship while they are waiting for flights back to their countries. Many hotels on Samui Island are currently empty or barely occupied due to the COVID-19 pandemic and strict screening measures which have slashed arrivals of foreign tourists despite being the country's high season for tourism. Before the war in Ukraine, as many as 700 Russian tourists arrived in Thailand a day. The figure started to drop on March 1st when 378 tourists from Russia were recorded. Popular destinations among the group are Samui, Phuket, Krabi and Pattaya. The stranded Russian tourists' problems are seriously compounded by their inability to use their Visa and MasterCard credit cards due to the swift interbank messaging system sanctions imposed on Russia in response to their invasion of Ukraine. The Samui Chief District Officer also called a meeting with officials of the local Red Cross unit, seeking the launch of a campaign to raise material support for those stranded. According to the Samui District Office, there are about 3,000 Russian tourists stuck on Samui, Kanyan and Tao Islands. Now, as we discussed the last day, the CCSA were having a meeting on Friday, and we have the... Breakdown of that meeting, and we're going to go into it now. Thailand drops the pre departure RT PCR test for overseas arrivals and allows some Songkran celebrations. The Centre for COVID 19 Situation Administration has agreed to cancel the requirement for pre departure RT PCR tests for international arrivals, effective from April 1st, and is to allow some celebrations to take place during the Songkran festival in mid April, according to CCSA spokesman Dr. Tawisan Visan Otin. The move is part of a gradual easing of restrictions in an attempt to revive the country's vital tourism sector, although the CCSA also decided to extend the enforcement of the emergency situation announcement for the 17th time from April 1st until May 31st. The CCSA also decided to do away with the requirement for all travellers to Thailand under the Test and Go program to take an RT-PCR test in the 72 hours before their departure by land or sea or air. They still have to take the test upon arrival and self-administer an antigen test on the fifth day of their stay in the country. Despite proposals for a reduction, however, the minimum required level of travel insurance coverage for foreign tourists arriving in Thailand remains at U.S. dollars now from April 1st, more entry points for international arrivals will be set up at the land border checkpoint in Satun province, the seaport in Suratani province for Thai registered ships and crew, and the airports in Yai, Krabi and Suratani. The CCSA also adjusted COVID-19 zoning, also starting in April, so that some restrictions may be eased further. The controlled area, Orange Zone, in which serving of alcohol in eateries remains prohibited, will encompass only 20 provinces, down from 44. Pechebori and Chiang Mai will join the sandbox tourism areas, bringing the total to 10 provinces. Other sandbox areas are Bangkok, Kanchanaburi, Krabi, Chamburi, Nantaburi, Pratumtani, Panya and Phuket. All entertainment venues will remain shut, said Dr. Tuisan, as he advised their operators to convert them into eateries under the COVID-free setting measures. The CCSA spokesman said that while some Songkran celebrations, such as traditional water splashing, processions, concerts and other activities may be held, pre-approval must be sought from authorities for entertainment and recreational activities. Organisers of the activities, such as concerts and events, must comply with the COVID-free setting measures. For activities in communities and in venues of worship, preventative measures must be observed and community leaders must be notified, although prior permission is not required, said Dr. Thuisen. Traditional rituals, such as the one in which people pay respect to their elders by pouring water over their hands, are permissible, but foam parties, powder painting, and selling of alcohol drinks at celebrating grounds is prohibited. The celebration grounds must have clear exit and entry points where participants must will be screened before entry and the number of participants must be limited to prevent overcrowding, said Dr. Tuisan. Additionally, the CCSA has approved the Ministry of Public Health's COVID-19 management plan to gradually reclassify coronavirus as an endemic disease. If everything goes according to plan, albeit with full cooperation of people in general, he said the infection rate is expected to decline by July as projected by the Public Health Ministry. So where to begin on all of this? Well, the first thing is they have dropped now the requirement for the pre-departure RT-PCR test. So that was the one you had to get 72 hours before your flight. However, you still have to do the PCR test on arrival in Thailand and the day five ATK test. Now, a lot of people, including myself, are very confused by this. By dropping the RT-PCR test before the flight, you're increasing the chances of people testing positive in Thailand, which may be what they want, bang them up for 10 days in another hospital and pretty much fleece their insurance companies for cost of this. But it is a rather strange decision to make. The plan for endemic clearly states that from pretty much the beginning of April that the RT-PCR test on arrival would be scratched, but that has not happened. So this is why when I talk about plans that the government make here, they are all very dependent on their moods and possibly whoever owns many of these COVID-19 testing laboratories, because I think this is what it's coming down to. I don't think these people, and I believe they're probably people in power, wish to give up this very lucrative business that they have right now. And this is why you're seeing stupid decisions like this being made. The bottom line is, if you want to encourage tourism, why do you continue to do the same thing over and over and over again? because you're only going to get the same result. An actual fact, we will. I, I I put my money where my mouth is on this, and I will say that I guarantee we're going to see an uptick now on international arrival positives, because people now will not be getting tested before they leave. What we've always advocated in on this show is to keep the pre-departure flight test and drop the PCR test on arrival, replace it with an ATK test, or nothing at all. But the government have done the complete opposite this time, and I find this very, very, very strange. Now, as I've also, as I just said, I believe this is all down to money. Now, this is all down to people who own these laboratories are making a killing, or they have yet to make their money back on their investment, so they're being allowed to keep these things open. Because there is no reason to drop the pre-departure test and continue to keep the first one. I mean, if you're a passenger flying on an airline for 15, 16 hours, would you prefer to know? that everybody before the flight took off at least had a COVID test and was negative? Or would you prefer now to be sitting on a plane with 500 people knowing that many of them could be positive, you could be sitting beside one, and you could on day five or even on arrival test positive for COVID? The chances on arrival are minuscule, I guess, because COVID doesn't develop that quickly, but by day five, you certainly could have it. What about if you're a close contact? The rules they've created are just going to cause more problems for travelers. That's just my opinion. Now, guys, I'd love to know what you think about it. What do you think this is all about? Is it purely about money? It can't be about public safety or health and safety, because if it was, you would keep the test before you left and you would just do maybe an ATK on arrival. So to me, there is a lot more to this. Now, there was also talk about clubs and bars being allowed to reopen. That has been scratched. So this whole living with COVID thing, I don't think they've got it yet. And this is another discussion we're going to have on another show but today we'll stick with what's been going on in relation to the CCSA meeting. There was also talk about masks being done away with in outdoor public areas such as parks and stuff like that. That didn't happen either. They're keeping all that. So for me, if you gradually want to get down to endemic status by July, you've got to be making steps along the way and there seems to be none of them. Now wait till there's a story at the end and you can hear what the Bangkok Metropolitan Administration are planning for Songkran and you can decide yourself if you'd love to go to their event and that will be a story coming up later on. But I put it to you guys, what on earth is the government here up to? It very much seems to me as if they don't want tourism right now. And I don't get that because they are so dependent on tourism here. now. Do you believe it's fear? Do you believe that it's about money and COVID testing and kind of balancing that we might not make enough money from tourism so let's keep the test on arrival to add to the current travelers' bill? What do you think all this is about? Why can the government here not move forward like many, many of our neighbours here in Southeast Asia? Thailand are falling so far behind it's it's not actually it's not funny anymore malaysia singapore philippines cambodia vietnam maldives are all ahead of thailand in terms of reopening right now in terms of entry requirements and i don't get what's going on with thailand it's a very strange situation but i'd love to know guys your opinion on it all your thoughts where do you see thailand in the next few months do you see things getting better i mean we still have the emergency decree two years on an emergency decree in the country. If you're going to an endemic status, shouldn't you've gotten rid of that by now? These are all the things, guys, I'd love to discuss with you down in that comment section. And next up, probe underway over liquor advertising with K-pop idol Lisa as brand ambassador. Thailand's Disease Control Department office of the Office of the Alcoholic Beverage Control Committee will seek an explanation from those responsible for posting an advertisement of a brand of liquor on Facebook using Lalisa, Lisa Manoban, a Thai-born singer and member of South Korea's famous Blackpink girl band as its brand ambassador. Disease Control Department Deputy Director said on Wednesday that the department had received several complaints over the advertisement in question. He said that the Office of the Alcoholic Control Committee has assigned officials to investigate the matter which may contravene Thailand's Alcoholic Beverage Control Act and the Prime Minister's Office regulations prohibiting the online sale and advertisement of alcoholic beverages. Violation of the regulations is subject to a fine and or imprisonment on conviction. These regulations have however long been criticised by members of the public who argue that they do not seem to have significantly reduced alcoholic consumption in the country. The average recorded per capita pure alcohol consumption in Thailand only decreased from 6.9 litres in 2010 to 6.6 litres in 2016, according to the World Health Organization. However, when combined with the unrecorded figures, the total amount actually increased from 7.6 to 8.3 litres. Thailand's figures are also much lower than elsewhere, such as in the European Union recorded at 11.3 litres in 2016. Meanwhile, the same office has posted on the office's Facebook page advising Lisa's Thai fans about how to share the advertisement in a way which is not illegal. The recommendation is to share only the image of the singer without any picture or logo of the alcoholic beverage by blurring the beverage or its logo and to avoid sharing any message that promotes the liquor. The post in question is one of several images of Lisa released online during a launch of the brand ambassador for a Scotch whiskey. And finally, the Phuket News Daily Report. Phuket pushes to pilot digital nomad visa. Rawat Arirob, president of Phuket Provincial Administration Organization, has submitted a formal request to the office of the Deputy Prime Minister and to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs to create a digital nomad visa for international visitors traveling to Phuket. I guess Phuket is now its own country with its own new immigration regulations. Phuket readies for World Expo inspection visit. Local municipalities have been ordered to clean up their areas and prepare campaigns to promote Phuket's bid to host Specialized Expo 2028 ahead of expected inspection visits by World Expo Organizer, the Bureau International de Exposition, the BIE. And finally, Phuket man arrested for indecent photos of young teen girls posted online. A 55-year-old man in Katu has been arrested after photos he posted online of young teenage girls posing in underwear were condemned as inappropriate. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kira Mack, you've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.